Well, this morning we are going to talk about the Big Bang in a more, let's say, philosophical way. How do we do that? Well, it starts with the question, if the Big Bang was the beginning, how did it come to be from nothing? Like, where was the matter that allowed the Big Bang to happen? Because it would need to be there, wouldn't it? Obviously, I need some help with this. So we're going to turn to Alistair Wilson, who's a professor of philosophy at the University of Birmingham. Thank you so much for being here. Hello. Good morning. Is this a, a debate that happens in the fields of philosophy of of what came before the Big Bang? Yeah, I mean, philosophers have been talking about this for, for thousands of years. These days, we tend to hand over the question at least uh, partly to, to physics, which has told us an awful lot about the very early universe. But at a certain time, you go far enough back towards the early universe, and, and even physics runs out of uh, runs out of knowledge. So, what is the idea behind it then? What was there before the Big Bang? Well, the further, the further back you go into the the really early universe, the less what you have looks like anything we recognise. So, you know, in in the first fraction of a second uh, after the Big Bang. Everything's extremely hot, extremely dense, extremely small, and there's no matter of the normal kind. Um, you keep on, keep on looking further back uh, to shorter and shorter periods after the Big Bang, and, and at that point, we just, we just don't know. Our, our, our current physics isn't good enough, so at that stage, kind of educated guesswork uh, starts, to, starts to fill the gap, and perhaps philosophy has a role to play there. In what way? Well, so, I mean, philosophers have spent some time thinking about the different kind of kinds of explanations you could have. Uh, you could you could either have kind of an infinitely um, continuing chain of explainers where it just kind of goes back forever and there's always something explained by the thing before. You could have a first cause or a first explainer, which many people would, would link with God. Um, or you could have uh, something more kind of self-explanatory. And uh, what, one of the options that, that, that I thought a bit about is the kind of loop answer, where it's the universe itself uh, that uh, all the way at the end of time kind of bends around and, and causes itself at the beginning of time. Hmm, okay. And so how do you study something like that, though, Alistair, when you say, like, there's not a lot for you to work with physics-wise, right? Well, no, I mean, there are, there, there are lots of suggestive ideas in physics. The, the hard part is testing them. Uh, the one, 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 one theory in the, in the vicinity is uh, called conformal cyclic cosmology. That was put forward by uh, Sir Roger Penrose, who won the uh, Nobel Prize uh, for Physics in 2020 but for, for some different work. This is amongst his more speculative ideas. Uh, this says that we, his version says that we have a kind of infinite sequence of universes, each one being kind of born from the ashes of the previous one. Okay, so then where do you take your work from there? How do you expand on that? How do you study that? Well, some, some of these accounts do have particular um, testable consequences. So, so Penrose's uh, theory, he thinks, uh, is going to leave perhaps some, some traces in the night sky. You know, a universe that was born in this way from an infinite series of other universes might look a little bit different uh, than one that wasn't. Um, so we can go looking for those, those traces in the sky we can also build, you know, build bigger particle accelerators to do more, more physics. That's uh, not guaranteed to, to provide insights, but um, a lot of, uh, surprisingly enough, a lot of our, uh, our insights about the whole universe has come from doing, doing experiments on very, very tiny things uh, with these gigantic machines. So there's, there's a lot of angles. Um, 
really we're just trying to tell uh, you know the best the best story we can, fitting together all the things we do know about the universe. It is such a mystery, though, isn't it? Because there's so much they 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 do know, and then there are still these kind of big unanswered questions. Mm. Yeah, I mean, a, lo- a, lo- a lot of the um, questions are kind of around how how much like uh, the current the current world that we live in was it back then was did for example the principle of cause and effect which we pretty much see everywhere uh, around us you can pretty much be sure that something surprising that happens has got some cause or other some explanation or other but does that principle of, of cause and effect break down in the early universe so something can just happen without causes if they're, they're different enough from the world we see around us and do you feel like are these one these, of the these are all open Right. Are these some of the questions that, like, the more we know, the more technology there is, the better these telescopes get, the more we can peer into deep space. It's just interesting to think that all this, the work that's being done on the astronomy side also affects the philosophy side. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think of it as, as, as one big project uh, that, that philosophers and physicists and historians and everybody uh, kind of helping to do and kind of construct the, the, the story of the, the universe and how, how we got here. Has historically, has there always been a role, Alistair, for philosophers in the discussion of the origin of the universe? Yeah, I mean, but back, back, back in the day, there wasn't, there wasn't such a clear distinction between science and philosophy. There wasn't really even such a, a thing as science. It was kind of philosophers that kind of were handed the job of, of understanding the universe. Um, and so th- th- there's been speculation tied up with, with religious speculation by philosophers for a really long time. Some of it, this, this is kind of, you know, Clearing the way, help, helping us to think clearly about it and uh, avoid confusions. Some of it is is theory building, just trying to imagine all the different the different ways things could have could have worked out, so we can start exploring their consequences. And are there a, a number of different theories? Like, are there different idea? Different philosophers have different ideas. There's just all sorts of different theories about this. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say they fall into kind of fall into families, and um, different philosophers will really differ in terms of how much they think that. We should be looking to science primarily for the answers, looking to religion perhaps uh, primarily for the answers here, or looking to some kind of some power of pure thought uh, that we have um, uh, for the answers. Of, of course, it's hard to see why human thinking should be an infallible insight to the way the universe is, and the the, the power of science over over the last few hundred years has really convinced a lot of people that. Um, that the, the physics uh, is, is the right place to start with this, um, but nonetheless, uh, you get you get huge amounts of disagreements about how to how to interpret some given theory, and especially in these areas where uh, any testing we do is, is is super indirect and difficult. There's an awful lot of room for interpretation and and different extrapolations. Well, that is so interesting. Thank you so much for your time on that this morning. No problem. It's a pleasure. Have a great day. Well, thank you very much for your time on that. Now, that is Alistair Wilson, Professor of Philosophy at the University of Birmingham. 911 on a new night Thursday March 14th on Global stream on Stack TV